Welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins, and this show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. They're our presenting sponsor, and we're so grateful for Joe Turner, Kelly Polonis, all the teammates over at Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience. With nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs and mobile and online banking services, you're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. Other sponsors that we're grateful for will be covering throughout the shows: Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. So we have a great show tonight, but before we get to that, I want to recap a little bit about last week. Last week we had the great debate for high school basketball to shot clock or not to shot clock. We had Coach Jay Osborne on here making his pitch for a shot clock. We had Coach... Carrie Nichols here making her pitch against the shot clock. And we had Coach Kent Thomas from Mid-Missouri, a high, former high school and college coach, making his case for a shot clock. Um, this spurred quite a debate. I think I have received more uh, comments and, and emails from this show uh, than I have in a long time. And I really appreciate all the coaches that have given their input. And we're going to continue to visit that, as that question should probably be on the ballot for the State Association coming up. So we're going to continue that debate and talk about that, but I thank everyone for that. If you want to listen to that episode, you can go to the website, acoachesperspective.com and listen to it there or on Apple iTunes, Podcast, Spotify, Verbal, and on Helium Satellite Radio, all under A Coach's Perspective. All right, so we have, we were in the middle of the series before last week. We did a series on the most unique mascots in America. And we talked about kind of the origin stories for several unique mascots. And I can't think of a better way to wrap this up but then bringing on my favorite mascot in America. My favorite mascot in America is here, and I'm so excited. I want to welcome to the show Dan Mears, a.k.a. KC Wolf, is here. Hey, well, thank you very much for having me on tonight. I appreciate it. Well, I, I'm telling you, I, I always enjoy whenever they cut to you on the broadcast um, and just your reactions, whether you're banging your head on the field goal post or, or what, whatever you're dancing. Hopefully you're dancing. Those are obviously my favorite ones. Um, but I just think it is one of the um, it's one of the most unique professions and what you get to do. I know that you enjoy. So I, I officially want to welcome you to the show. Well, thanks. It means a lot to me knowing that you like me more than Mickey Mouse. Also, right. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, well, so my first question is an obvious question. Um, did you have any doubt last week that they were going to win when they were down with only 13 seconds on the clock? No doubt in my mind. You know, I'm paid to be the most optimistic guy at Arrowhead. But, okay, so I looked a little calm in the costume, under the costume. I was a nervous wreck. I couldn't <laughs> believe that game. I've done, I've done this for 32 years, and I don't think I've ever seen a game like that. It's, it was incredible. Um, edge of your seat. That is a that game just symbolized what is such a rush for all sports and activities and and why it captures you know our entire country. I mean, it was just so exciting and it was a lot of fun. But I I know that you have to be at times very nervous, um, but also very excited. So. 
<laughs> it is nice that you have a costume on to <laughs> mask that. Yes. Yes. And I, when you see me under the goalpost, I'm usually dancing around just so my mom knows I'm working. So. Right. <laughs> That's good. That is good. Um, so what is, what is a, as a professional mascot, what is probably your most important task? What is your mission when you put on the Casey Wolf outfit? That's a great question. You know what? I've, like I said, I've done this for 32 years for the Kansas City Chiefs. And my goal every day is just go out and entertain fans. You know, my goal is to put a smile on the face uh, whether the team now that's a lot easier when the team is winning, I will say that. But uh, whether the team wins, whether the team loses, my goal is just to go out and to have fun and to entertain fans and and uh, just kind of help to add a little excitement to the game day experience for people. Well, and and mission accomplished. I think you are very entertaining, <laughs> uh, definitely entertaining, and I think you have so much energy. How do you keep up your energy throughout that entire contest? You know, the players get a break. I mean, so they play offense or they play defense and they get a break. But you are, you are on the entire time. Well, let's just say I sleep good at night after football <laughs> games. I, uh, <laughs> I've been blessed with uh, I've been very blessed with good health. And I, I work hard to keep myself in shape for this job. But yes, by the time the game is over, I'm ready to head home, eat, and head for bed. I, I bet, I bet you are. I bet you are. So, <laughs> so what is it that you enjoy most about being KC Wolf? You know, my favorite part of the job has always been just the relationships I've built with people, just all over the, not just in Kansas City throughout the Chiefs organization, but just all over the Midwest and actually the country. Cause I do, I do appearances all over the place. Not only do I do birthdays and weddings and parades and picnics and grand openings and all that can, you know, nursing homes, hospitals, schools, churches, but I also do a lot of speaking now. And that takes me to conferences all over the United States. And it's just fun to meet people. You know, not everybody I meet is a Chiefs fan. I just spoke at a conference in Denver. And as a matter of fact, I was I was definitely in the minority oh, no. in uh, Denver, Colorado. But, no, it's just the, the people I get to meet each day. I just meet so many nice people. It just uh, It's fun. I just love what I do. And, and uh, just I feel very blessed to work for the Kansas City Chiefs because they're a fantastic organization. Just we do so much in the community and in giving back, and that's uh, that's what I love about my job. Well, you're a great teammate for sure in that organization. I know that they are they appreciate you and the the spirit and again the energy that you bring. Um, you mentioned that you know you train. Um, what how do you train? What is some what is give us an example of one of your routines as you prepare throughout the week um, for your performance? Well, what I do, everything I train for is endurance because I don't have to be strong like an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman. I just got to be able to throw 30 pounds of fur on my body and dance <laughs> for three and a half hours in a costume. And so uh, what I do a lot of is stationary biking. Um, so I'll hop on my stationary bike, turn on ESPN and, and just start pedaling my bike. And I usually, you know, a typical workout, I pedal about 21 miles and, and, uh, and then call it a workout. And so, but yeah, it, uh, it takes me a little over an hour, but it's, um, it's a good workout. It's good, it's good conditioning for me and keeps me in shape. And, and, um, but like I said, that's about four hours mascots or, or about, um, four quarters. 
mascots don't really like overtime a lot, especially <laughs> if we lose because we've burnt up all our energy in the first four quarters. And so <laughs> by overtime, I'm just kind of standing there trying to fake it like I've still got energy. I would say last Sunday, the overtime workout was complete adrenaline. I might not even have been conditioning. That was just adrenaline. <laughs> that was straight adrenaline. I will be, you are correct. <laughs> okay, so there are a lot of rewards. Obviously, you enjoy and you are very good at your job. Um, but what, what are the challenges? Um, is it the 30 pounds of fur that you are hauling around? Or what, what are the challenges of being Casey You know, the, the biggest challenge for mascots, especially mascots that are now in their 50s, uh, is definitely the heat. Uh, Mascots like cold weather much better than hot weather. And so last Sunday's game didn't bother me at all because it was nice and cold outside. But those preseason football games where they play those games in August and it's you know, can be 90, mid-90s, and even September, some of the early September games that are played at noon, it can get extremely warm. And you just got to stay hydrated uh, because once you once you start to dehydrate, it'll zap your energy in a hurry. But, uh, yeah, just try to condition. But the heat is definitely the hardest thing about being a mascot. But the goal is when it's real hot outside is just go out and try to have fun and forget the fact that uh, it's really hot. (laughs) (laughs) I I can see that challenge. Definitely. And I I know that they make some mascot, uh, they make them with um, internal fans and and try to have some cooling gear, but that just adds to the weight of it. I would. It does. Yeah. (laughs) I've, I've tried just about every gimmick there is to try to keep you cool. And I've learned that you drink a lot of water, stay in shape and, and then every now and then you just need to go back and take a break. So, All right. Well, let's say you have a listener out there right now that, you know, they are, um, their aspirations are to be a mascot. Uh, they want to be the future Casey Wolf. And, and they, what kind of advice would you give them? You've been doing the, I mean, Casey Wolf was introduced in 1989. Um, what, that so, is correct. Yeah. So what, what are your, what are your secrets? What would you advise someone that uh, might be interested in following this path? You know, I, t- I talk to a lot of high school students that have aspirations of becoming a professional mascot. I speak to a lot of college mascots that want to go take it to the next level. And, you know, my, uh, my advice to them is always to be a character with character. And by that, I mean, you not only want to be a, a, an entertaining and high energy and be a great mascot, but also, you just want to be a, a a person of character, you know, because that's so important to who you are out of costume is equally as important as who you are in the costume. And uh, I I truly believe that good things happen to good people, and that uh, when you go out and you just uh, you're kind and you treat people with respect and. And uh, you're honest and you do things the right way and you work hard. Well, good things happen in life. And so that's that's my biggest piece of advice to to mask out one of these is just go out and be a character with character. And, and, you know, all those mascot things, the longer you do it in a costume, you just pick up little tricks of the trade and you learn you stay in shape. And, you you know, when you're out there burn a lot of energy because you can you can sleep at night but uh, when you're on stage make sure you're giving it your 100 percent best i think dan i love that i love that and i i want to make some t-shirts that say be a character with character i think that could be your <laughs> signature i love well, that if, 
you've asked. It's, a, it's been fun because, uh, you know, I'm the only full-time Casey Wolf, but I've got a couple of guys who help me as backups because there's some, especially on the weekends, it's not uncommon for us to have, you know, eight to ten appearances and uh, birthdays and wedding receptions, and we're just trying to keep up with everything. And all of my backups know that that's kind of the KC Wolf motto is to be a character with character. And, you know, when you're in costume, be high energy. But when you're out of costume, you make sure you're treating people with respect and, and living life the right way and making good choices. And like I said, we've learned that, uh, you know, good good choices, good consequences. <laughs> I told that to my, my three kids. They've heard their dad say that so many times in life that they, they kind of laugh about it. But it's true. You make good choices in life. Good things happen. So. <laughs> well, I think that's wonderful. And and I, I know that you are very busy, and especially this time of year. I'm just so pleased <laughs> that you were able to spend some time with us. I actually spoke with a four-year-old today that is a giant Kansas City fan, wears a Kansas City jersey <laughs> every day. I told him that Casey Wolf was coming on my show and the first thing he said was, how is that possible? Because he can't talk, and it's radio. <laughs> so. Oh, that's so funny. Yes. And yeah. so- <laughs> well, I've had, I've had three appearances already today, and so I'm very thankful that this is a radio interview and not a TV interview because I'm in no shape for a TV campers right now. So. <laughs> well, I appreciate you so much, and I know that the Kansas City Chiefs fans um, – they all appreciate you as well. You bring a lot of energy and, and this, the element that you bring to, to, the, to the games and just to the whole organization is valued. So thank you so much. Well, I feel very blessed to work for the Chiefs. And uh, uh, Chiefs fans are the absolute greatest fans ever. I just feel so blessed to get to entertain that crew because, you know, my job is to get people excited for football games. They're excited for football well before they get into the stadium. So it <laughs> makes my job easy. And I mean, Chiefs fans are the absolute best. I love them. And uh, even though the, most of them are about two peas short of a casserole, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. like mass guys. I yes. mean, there are some crazy fans out there, right. but that's what makes my job fun. I absolutely yeah. love the fact that they're just so passionate about their football and their their football team and it just just makes my job easy and fun yeah that is so true that well, two piece short of a casserole that is fantastic i love that and, um, I, yeah, that's a perfect segue to say that you know my my brother is a super fan and he is one of those ultra kansas city chiefs fans and he knows so much about it when i told him you were coming on the show he's like yeah he started doing that in 1989 he already knew your stats so that is a super fan right there so my brother jeff right. yes so, uh, well, I sure do appreciate it, and I'm going to wish you the best of luck. Get on your bike because you, you're going to need all the energy you've got this Sunday to bring a Getting victory ready for home. LA. That's, That's right. right. Get ready. I want to go to another Super Bowl. They're a lot of fun. That so. would be wonderful. I bet they are. And I hope that when things do kind of calm down, maybe you can come back on the show and uh, we'll continue to talk about this profession and, and what you do for the organization. We appreciate it. Sounds great. Well, thanks for having me on. All right. Thank you so much. This has been Dan Mears, um, a.k.a. KC Wolf. So happy that he could join us today. We're going to take our first break. And when we come back, we will have former Olympic athlete and sports director. That's what I'm going to I'm going to snapshot her. She does so many different things in our our area. Lori Indicott Vandersnick will be here to talk about. Let's take a gulp. Uh, sports parenting. 
So we're going to take a quick break, and, and we'll be right back. Thanks again to Great Southern Bank for being our presenting sponsor. We'll be back on A Coach's Perspective. Perspective. I'm Jenny Hopkins, and I want to thank Dan Mears, a.k.a. Casey Wolf, for joining us in our last segment. Oh, what a delightful interview, and I appreciate him taking the time, especially at this time when he is a very, very busy man. So we appreciate that. Um, uh, this segment is sponsored by Highland Dairy. They're owned by dairy farmers, and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. It's a proven fact, scientific studies, professional dietitians, the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout is chocolate milk. And Highland Dairy has the best tasting chocolate. And they're a proud sponsor of a coach's perspective. We appreciate them so very much. So we've wrapped up our series on the weirdest mascots in America. And, of course, what better way to wrap it up than with Casey Wolf? But I do have a note that I did hear back from the Marionville comments. If you will remember a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the Marionville comments I reached out to try to get information on that, and I did hear back. Um, the origin of the comments is in 1928. There was a basketball player, Grace Kennedy, and she had a, there was a contest to name uh, to to have the mascot, and she submitted the name Comets as a nomination. Um, the students absolutely loved it, and so the students voted on all of the nominations, and Comets won. So Grace Kennedy, 1928. Um, named Marionville, the Marionville Comet. So we appreciate that. So now we're going to shift gears a little bit, and I'm very excited to have in the studio with us, no stranger to the show. She's been on the show a couple of times, and I always appreciate when she stops by because, um, to be real honest, I feel like she has a lot of sports wisdom. Um, she's been an Olympic athlete, two-time Olympic athlete. Um, she's been coaching for many years, but just the intrinsic um wisdom that I think she has for sports and how she sees um, sports and the value of what they do for people's lives. I've always admired that. And so I, I really am excited to to um, welcome her today. She is with the Com- Community Sports uh, Development Program here in Springfield, Lori Indicott Vandersnick. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jenny. Thanks for having me. It's always fun to be on your show. Well, good. Yeah. I hope so. We like to have fun. <laughs> I, I do provide caffeine a lot of times on yep. shows. And, and so, you know, Yeah. And- Yep. I like I like to hype up my guests. So we have a good time. <laughs> you know, we've had some great topics that we've talked about together um, on this show. And tonight we're going to kind of revisit one of our favorite ones, and that's um, sports parenting. And, you know, that is a topic that I think we both feel strongly about covering and revisiting from time to time and reminding parents that, you know, their kids are going through this journey. And it's imperative that we are mindful about how we go through that with our children um, and how we guide them through that. And so I, I guess what one of my first question is, you know, if you had to kind of give a snapshot, why do you feel like it is important for parents to be so mindful with their words and their actions with young athletes? Well, I, I think it's, it's important to understand, like, why are we doing this anyway? What, what's, what's the reason? The reason, in my mind, is to provide an opportunity and an experience for our child. That's why we do it. I mean, it's not about us. It's about them. Right. And being able to provide them that support and um, maybe remember, constantly remember. Because there is, like, a tendency to, oh, in the heat of the competition, to, to maybe kind of forget that a little bit. 
But um, I guess I encourage if there's parents listening out there, <laughs> just just to remember that why why do we do it? Right. And I, and I think I, and we both can admit that we have been parents of athletes. Yeah. And we can admit that we have been in the stands, you know, with with our insides crawling, wanting to you know explode. But but we we don't. We try. We hold our composure the best we can because this is their journey and. We had trials, we had triumphs, and um, along that way is part of the learning process, and we had both had parents that let that happen. Uh, We had parents that allowed us to fail and allowed us to succeed and allowed us to evaluate and navigate how those things happen. And to take ownership of what we were doing. To have ownership of the journey that we're on, and they are just there as a support system. And that's really hard. It is hard. You're supposed to, you know, if they they get a cut, you're supposed to put a Band-Aid on it. If they can't see you, go get them glasses. You know, if they're struggling in a sport, you're supposed to just release them to the game. And it's really difficult to do. Yeah, so we're, we're fixers. We right, try to fix things right. for them. Yes. So we have to validate right off the bat that it is hard to be a sports parent. It is. Um, the overwhelming majority of parents that I've seen as an athlete and as a coach and, and as a broadcaster, uh, you know, do do it beautifully. Um, they're tremendous, they're supportive, they're loving. Um, you have to give that unconditional positive regard to your child, and I see that time and time again. Well, and I think one of the other issues is that sport has become more than just competing in school. It's become about club teams and additional leagues and clinics and all kinds of like variations of that learning or that one team that they might play on. There's a lot more to it than that, and it costs money. And I feel like that maybe sometimes parents feel more involved because they're paying so much money, not just the maybe the fees or um, like the coaches' fees or the lessons or all of that stuff, but the travel, the accommodations that they're paying for, um, for their kid, for them, when they travel out of town for a tournament. So, like, there is that commitment, that financial commitment that parents are making that I think makes it more involved on right. their side. Right. Um, but, it, you know, and it do, but it doesn't validate poor behavior. And, and that's Absolutely. what we're going to – we're going to talk a little bit tonight about um, – a triangle that um, the community sports development program in partnership with the parks department here in town um, has, you know, some different, we have a resource here we're going to, to use tonight to talk about a triangle of partnership with the athlete, the coach and the parent. And if all three of those entities can um, work together, it's going to be um, beneficial to the whole process and to the Absolutely. whole experience for everybody. Absolutely. And so we're going to talk a little bit about each one of those parts of the triangle. Um, we're going to kind of dive into um, some tips that you might have um, for those times where it is difficult to either mm-hmm. be the parent or to be the athlete or to be the coach. And so we're going to talk about that triangle and, and kind of dive into that. So um, let's take our next break and okay. then we'll come back and we'll continue this conversation. We'll be right back with uh, Lori Indicott Vandersnick. We also want to thank Highland Dairy for sponsoring this segment again, along with Greg and Melinda Burnett as they support local and thoughtful radio. We'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective.
Estate Coach's Perspective. I'm Jenny Hopkins, and this segment is sponsored by Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar. Hey, they know cars, they know trucks, they know SUVs, and they know service, and they definitely know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. I've been one of them for over 25 years. You've got to give Kelly Grant and Shane Rainey a call. It will take care of you. Just tell them what you're looking for. They'll do a coast-to-coast search. They're going to find exactly what you're looking for, and bonus, it's going to be in your price range. Give them a call at 417-326-7671. We also want to thank West Logging for sponsoring this segment with over 50 years experience. Go to westlogging.com or find them on Facebook. Contact Danny West for a free consultation. He's going to treat your land like his own. So we have Lori Endicott-Vandersnick here, and we are talking a little bit about sports parenting and you can't talk about sports parenting and the effectiveness of it if you don't address um, what you have put together in this resource of a triangle of the athlete and the parent and the coach all working together right. for the beneficial, the benefit of the entire experience. So we're going to first talk a little bit about um, the coach and what parents should consider when looking at a coach. I mean, you want to know who's coaching your child. Absolutely. You want to be paying attention to what their behavior is. Um, like when I'm coaching, the gym is never closed. Parents are always welcome to come in and watch. Granted, they have to have the behavior where they sit and they watch, <laughs> but I think it's, it's okay for parents to be able to watch a practice. You want to know what's happening in the gym. You do. And I think it's also really important that, I mean, I like that you have that openness. Um, I, you know, I know coaches that, that like to have appointments if they want to come to a practice. Sure. So they want they close their practice and they say, this is my classroom and I don't want a distraction of a parent. And I think that's okay, too. Right. Make appointments, say you want to come and watch, you can, but it'll be on this day. Um, that way it's less distracting. Um, but I do think that's a, that's a nice um, attribute when coaches are able to be that open. Um, it's not always possible. Right. I think that is something. And, and, and a lot of our focus is on youth sports, Um tonight and i think that's almost a critical component as well is because sometimes a, a coach could run off an athlete from a sport if they don't have the right you know personality or the right training and so it is important for parents to know who is coaching your child what are their credentials what is their background and just because i have an open gym policy doesn't allow a parent to make comments right. to their child and i've had that issue before yes. stay in the peanut um, gallery <laughs> <laughs> they can sit and they can watch, but they're not allowed to coach or interact mm-hmm. or anything like that as long as practice is going on. Yeah, they're guess. just an observer. I think that's very important. Um, you know, and there's nothing wrong when you are a youth parent of an athlete to, uh, when you're looking at an organization, for example, the Community Sports Development Program, when you are looking at an organization to getting your child involved, um, talk to the coaches first. Find out a little bit about their background. Ask around. I think as a sports parent, that's very important to to know who's going to be coaching your child. Coaches have a great influence on athletes. Oh, it's a really important influence. They have one of the largest impacts beside a parent that, like, anybody could have. And so it is important to know who is coaching your child. Um, You can even do some research. You can communicate with them, um, set up some kind of um, interview process or just, chat with them, find out what their coaching philosophy is, find out from them, how do you run practices, um, what's your goals, what what's what do you want to see happen. Um, some coaches are about winning. <laughs> some coaches are about developing a kid. 
Some people are about teaching life lessons. Um, so there's a lot of different maybe philosophies out there that parents need to know. And, I, and it's interesting that, that you and you personally um, say that because you have had so much influence at the high school level, um, your coaches at high school, when you were very successful at Willard High School. Then you go on to college and you have this amazing collegiate career and you had coaches that influenced you. And then professionally. Um, and then at the Olympics. I mean, you had coaches throughout your entire life. So your coaching style now, have you kind of taken pieces from each one of those and put them together for your philosophy? I would say yes. I've taken pieces from all of them, things that I agreed with and <laughs> yes. things that maybe I didn't agree with. Yes, yes. But then also I think even my own coaching style has changed since I first started coaching 25 years ago. Um, I feel like you do develop maybe a, a stronger feel of what works, what doesn't, um, how you can interact with one kid that maybe you have to interact a little bit differently with somebody else because not all, everybody's the same and athletes are the same way, not just people, but so athletes are the same. That's so true. Um, and I and I love that that you will take some of it and then you're going to leave some of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that. Um, you know, I mean, I have, you know, I, I can I'll say publicly my my college coaching experience taught me a whole lot about how I would never treat my athletes. My college basketball experience, um, it, you know, and, and I mean, it was something that I really was 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 faithful to when I became mm -hmm. a coach. I didn't want to treat my players that way. Now, there are also, um, you know, coaches are humans as well. So parents need to also remember that coaches are going to make, it's really hard to say that word, mistakes, <laughs> right? Yeah, coaches are going to, yeah. they're going to make their mistakes. I have to sound like it out. Like officials make mistakes. I have mistakes. to sound it out. Yeah, well, that's easy. Officials make mistakes. See, that rolls off my... <laughs> uh, yeah, to remind everyone that you're listening to a coach's perspective. So it, it is, but it is true, you know, so give some grace, give some yes, support. Grace. Know that, um, you know, coaches will miss shots. Coaches will be out of position, figuratively, of course. And and I think that's, you got to give a little bit of grace. Um, there are some parents out there that I feel like Jesus Christ, who, you know, is supposed to be perfect could be the coach and he didn't please everybody so how in the world is that coach supposed to please people so give give coaches some grace as well as a youth sports parent and within that triangle you know that we were talking about with the athlete coach and parent i think it's important that parents don't discuss the coach with the kid or maybe something that they didn't agree with um I think you just let it ride. And if your kid says, you know, I don't like the way that, you know, we should have ran a different defense at the end of the game, or we should have um, set a different person if you're on the volleyball court. You know, we should have done something a little bit differently. Um, I think coaches go with their gut sometimes. I think they go st with statistics sometimes, and a lot of times parents don't know what the statistics are. So you might say, okay, Bobby's going to take the last shot because he's been shooting from the baseline at a really high percentage. So let's run a play to get Bobby the ball on the baseline. That's our best chance, and Bobby misses. Mm -hmm. So then people might not understand, well, why'd they have Bobby shoot that baseline shot? Yeah. Why didn't they have... Are they going to pass to Travis Kelsey in the end zone? Because he <laughs> yeah. has rock-solid hands. That exactly. Is, yeah. So, there, yeah, there are a lot of decisions that coaches make that when you get just a snapshot of a game, you don't 
completely comprehend. You're not in film sessions. You're not in the locker room. You're not in practices. Practices You're not developing the drills. Yes. And so that is uh, very true. And I like the point of being careful and mindful, as we talked about before. You got to be, this is about being mindful of what you say to your athletes when you get in the car, you know, or what, what's just going to be overheard. Even if it's a couple of parents talking about maybe the end of the game shot or something like that, that, that the athletes don't hear the parents talking about that. You know, I think it's important that the parents a coach sometimes it does. Well, and and it hinders a team. Yeah. And so then, and that kind of becomes, you know, the kid's going to think that they're going to remember that because they look to you, Yeah, you know, you know, they, they read off of your behaviors and what, what you're doing and what you're saying. And so if you can show that support and, be able to support the coach, even if you don't agree with it. I think you need to do that for the sake of the kid. And I think I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a little pot. You know, you can talk to your child, obviously, about the game, and mm-hmm. you can, you know, have, you know, have that conversation. But maybe take a pot more positive spin. Like, tell me about that last play. That was interesting. Tell me about, you know, what's what's the philosophy of this last play, and see, and and get your child to start thinking about, you know, how they ran that play or why they made those choices and. And generate that conversation and maybe even motivate them to be a little bit more of a student of the game. That um, and maybe the, the kid would say, well, maybe I should have taken the last shot. Well, <laughs> that is the parent's opportunity to say, well, obviously the coach had a reason right. for, for doing what they did. And so let's, let's support that. And so that's, that's a way that that triangle can all work together. All right, so the other part of this resource of the, or the triangle is the athlete. Um, and, and this is something parents, you can help, you know, hold your kid accountable on some of these attributes. Um, you know, if you don't think, if they come in and they start complaining about, oh, I, don't, I didn't get to play very much, were they working hard? Um, did they have a good attitude? Were they engaged in the timeout um, huddle? Were they paying attention to the coach? Were they, um, was their body language poor? Were they a good teammate? Were they a good teammate? <laughs> That's huge. You know, did even after a mistake, did they continue to play and uplift the team? You know, so, so there are things that, um, that are a process that I think parents can take a moment and say, you know, wait a second before you start, you know, blaming the offense or the defense or the coach or one of your teammates, what could you have done better? That's just exactly ah. what I was going to say. It's like we're reading each other's yes. minds. Yeah. It's like, what could you have done? to make a change or do to do something better or different. And I think that's important for them to maybe be able to recognize that. Yes. I mean, share that perspective. Again, it generates a thought process um, and plants a seed for them to be a more intellectual athlete, I think. It, mm-hmm. it, it generates, ask them more questions than making those statements. Well, and even um, along with that could be, I think there's so many things that kids have to balance and part of that is school and their home life and friends and their sport, of course. And so how do they prepare for all those things? So one of the ways the kid could have maybe had an impact was, well, you stayed up late last night playing video games Mm -hmm. or were you on your phone late last night or did you prepare nutritionally or were you emotionally engaged were you fatigued there's so many so many other factors that can impact performance on the court other than just how good of a player are you right 
And and I really think, and we've we've talked a little bit about this. I really think there is a shift sometimes in athletes' mentality on the blame game, and I think a lot of that starts with parents planting seeds. Not all the time, not intentionally, but there are often times parents can arm um, their children without even realizing it with excuses mm-hmm. and outlets. Um, so we want to shift that mindset back into accountability. Um, exactly what you are saying. What is it that you can do? What is it that you can be accountable for? In other words, what do coaches say all the time? What are your controllables? Yeah. What can you control? You don't control what your teammate, you know, does or says to you, but you can control your reactions. And if they aren't happy with their own personal performance, then, you know, well, what can you do Do something about yourself? What what could you do to make yourself play better? And I guarantee you, they're going to come up with the factors that I just listed on their own. Well, I could practice more on my own. I could be eating better. I could get more rest. I could maybe prioritize my time a little bit better. And and think about the fulfillment that that would give an athlete versus something being upset about something they don't even have control over. Um, yeah, you know, like and it would be empowering. Coach, blaming an offense, blaming it's even blaming an official, blaming that you know. That would be exactly what you said, very empowering for an athlete. And that's something as parents that that we have to be mindful for. Well, and one of the biggest excuses I always hear, oh, the refs were awful. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, and I just, I I want that to go away. Yes. Yes. It's an excuse. It is an excuse. And it's a way, and I'm sure it's a self-defense mechanism that people do, self-protective Every kind official of. that's given me a technical right now is saying, I can't believe she just said that. But <laughs> it is true. I, I mean, they are, that is a variable in the game that is an excuse. It, yes. it is. Um, they they didn't miss that many shots. They didn't turn the ball over. They didn't do this. You know, do officials mm-hmm. make mistakes? Absolutely. I'm the first to bring that up. But, that it, you know, that is an excuse, and it's something, again, they don't have control over. So don't bring it in as a factor. Absolutely. So, so let's now shift a little bit to um, a little bit more of the focus. We talked a little bit about how parents, you know, how they can vet the coaches, how they can hold the athletes accountable. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, now the parents and, and their intentions are always good. Uh, anytime a parent mm-hmm. was ever upset with me as a coach, I, you know, I felt like they, they're advocating for their child. I, right. I didn't really you know, blame them as far as wanting to have answers or wanting to ask questions or that's okay. I mean, they were, they were advocating for their child and Mm -hmm. and that's, that's fine. Um, If they were loud in the stands, um, what were they loud about? Were they loud and proud or were they just um, acting like idiots? So you (laughs) have, you have to know, um, I think that, and I think one thing that parents have to realize is that you've got to release control. You've got to give a little bit of grace to the coaches and to your athletes, and you've got to release some of that control um, for your own sake, your own mental health, (laughs) really. Yeah, and if you were videoed and you saw that video of yourself and your behavior, how would that impact your thought on your behavior? Like, would you be embarrassed? Would you think it was appropriate? Um, How would you see yourself? Right. Would you be proud of yourself? And just that, you know, sometimes I like to ask parents that have a little bit of self-control issues, saying it politely, um, in the stands, what name one thing that is good that's coming from your behavior. Um, you know, you're em- embarrassing your child. You're embarrassing um, the, the school or the community you're representing. 
um, you're not helping with the officiating. <laughs> Let me tell you, they're not going to blow their whistle and look at you and go, <laughs> okay, you're right. That was a travel. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So you, you, what are you doing that is good? So you have to ask yourself that and mentally prepare yourself when you go to games um, to be in control and to be supportive. Um, I think that's, you know, really important. And a lot of people that are, you know, nodding right now, listening, um, that we're preaching to the choir. The ones that are like, I don't know what she's talking about. Hey, you're the ones that need to listen. <laughs> well, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I've never said something that I shouldn't have, that I regret. And I, I mean, I absolutely have. But I really, as a coach and as a parent, I really pride myself on being able to control my behavior, stay composed, be a good example and representative, like you said, of the team, of my kid, of the community. Um, just take pride in the behaviors that I, that I put out there. All right, so as a, as a coach that works with youth athletes on a daily basis, uh, whether it's an individual lesson or if it's a team, what advice do you have for the athlete that comes in and says they are struggling with their parents uh, not feeling like their parents are happy with their performance or proud of their performance or they're feeling pressure from their parents? What kind of advice do you give an athlete when they're in that situation? Because, again, they don't have control over what their parents say or do. So let's say that the parent is not listening and they're going to go ahead and do what they've been doing. So how, how, do, we, how do you want to help an athlete um, deal with that pressure? I think I would ask the athlete if they would want the three of us to meet. To have a conversation. You and mean the coach, athlete, and parent? Yeah. Look at that triangle. <laughs> Getting on the same page. And um, see if they would want to meet to have a discussion. Just an open discussion where the athlete comes in. They know they're loved by the parent. Um, they know they're respected by their coach. And so hopefully the three of them could have a conversation that could be mutually respectful of everyone involved and I I really feel like if parents are aware that they're embarrassing their kid or if they're a distraction to their child then I think they would work harder <laughs> right. to be able to stay composed while they're in the stands and I, I think that's really important to be able to, to get on the same page, all three. And I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, you all have um, put these together in your organization, these resources that you have. And and I really like the reminders. And I, I do challenge everyone to listen um, to uh, Coach Indicott Vandersnick because, you, you know, you've been at all levels. And so you know what it takes to get to those levels and I think that your advice and guidance is, has got to be valued for that. And I, I hope that people are, are listening. And, um, you know, this is a great conversation. to be. And if to there is a school out there, somebody's listening, and they would want copies of these posters, I am more than willing to send them some or send them the PDF. They can go to www.parkboard.org backslash csdp volleyball and my email address for work is there and they can request this from me i'd love to send them some okay that sounds fantastic well thank you so much for You're joining welcome. us tonight um you Thanks have for to, having me yes please come back and continue this conversation with us uh, sooner I rather would love than to. later i'd love to <laughs> and best of luck to you thanks
All right, we want to thank uh, Lori Endicott Vandersnick uh, for her time tonight. Uh, we're going to move into our post-game talk, and our post-game talk is sponsored by Story Construction. Story Construction Company, they've been providing high-quality industrial and commercial construction since 1966. Go to Story, dot com for more information. Uh, I am so excited about the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm so excited about what they are accomplishing and I am, I cannot wait until next week when I have my super fans, my Kansas City super fans. Uh, they are going to be here and we're going to talk a little bit of cheese. Hopefully we'll be celebrating or crying, but I think we're going to be, um, we're going to be celebrating. Um, so I'm going to go into my post game talk. Um, and this is, uh, you know, sports parenting is tricky. I mean, what you can do can determine if your child enjoys athletics. Um, and get the whole experience, all right? So we've had our trials, we've had all of our triumphs in sports, but our support systems are critical along the way. They are critical to chauffeur and to write checks and to cheer loud and proud, but most importantly, to give that unconditional love. Young brains and athletes need that from somewhere. The world is a tough place, and they will find that out. But in the meantime, they need the foundation and their rocks, their solid and reliable parents at home that they know they can trust and, and that they love them no matter how they perform. I'm going to leave you with one of the quotes from one of the greatest players to ever play the game of basketball, don't argue, from Michael Jordan. My mother is my root, my foundation. She planted the seed that I base my life on, and that is the belief.